0: Hello I am C3PO and I believe the storyteller is ready. So let us begin. All right, so we start off the 20 where General Grievous blows out the side of the window on the invisible hand and escapes out of uh, kind of like a ventilation shaft. Uh, and uh, we leave our heroes aboard the uh, the ship as it crashes down towards Coruscant. It's really quite the uh, amazing getaway. They're able to pilot the ship uh, away from certain doom while it's collapsing, uh, which they do successfully. They ultimately are safe and they retreat back to Coruscant where they are met by all the different senators. They've brought along, of course, the completely rescued and safe people. Uh, chancellor palpatine because obi-wan was knocked out in the fight and anakin did most of the work and then anakin was the one who actually landed the ship even though there was only half of the ship left obi-wan tells him you know what you go take all the praise anakin gets a bunch of (laughs) praise from all the senators while obi-wan goes off to the jedi council to report on what happened uh anakin has a conversation with Palpatine, Bill Organa, and then he kind of sneaks off and uh, kind of rendezvous with Padme. Uh, They talk about how much they missed each other and how she is now pregnant and gives that bit of news to Anakin. He seems confused, but he's excited. Yeah, I don't know. We can talk a little bit more about just how excited he seems to be. Anyway, he catches up a little bit later, has a meeting with uh, Palpatine, who is more than ever really impressed with what Anakin has proved. Uh, There's a little bit of discussion about how Count Dooku is gone, and this could mean absolutely anything from General Grievous. we got to keep an eye on that fella. And Palpatine requests of Anakin that he be his sort of informant on the Jedi Council. His personal representative. Yes. Uh, And so the Jedi Council reluctantly approves of this. But they're not very happy about it. And as a result, although Anakin now has permission to sit on the council, he does not have the master rank. So Mace Windu does deny him the rank of master, despite the fact that no one has ever been on the Jedi Council before, who's not a master. Although no one's also been on the Jedi Council that young either. so (laughs) He doesn't just deny it of Anakin. He cold-ass hunky denies it of Anakin. He does. He's like real mean about it. Anakin is quite offended by uh, the special uh, circumstances arranged for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he goes to see a little bit of counsel from Yoda uh, to explain that he's been having these uh, nightmares about the safety of some certain unspecific loved one, who, of course, we know is Padme, because in a previous scene, he had a nightmare that Padme dies in childbirth Mm -hmm. uh Yoda's like yeah be careful when you're sense in the future things can go awry real fast he tells Padme about having a dream that she dies in childbirth which may or may not have been a good idea yeah she kind of just says that that won't happen we'll make sure nothing happens uh maybe we get Obi-Wan's help which is weird I don't know why she brings that up and Anakin's real not happy with that (laughs) uh but anyway kind of the 20 ends off with uh kind of the inverse, whereas Obi-Wan asks Anakin to do exactly what Palpatine asked him to do, uh, but the exact opposite. So as opposed to being Palpatine's representative on the council, Obi-Wan wants Anakin to be the council's representative to spy on Palpatine. I never really picked up before on how clearly they define the division of Anakin's morals in this particular 20. I'm depending on you. For what, I don't understand to be the eyes, ears, and voice of the Republic. Anakin, I'm appointing you to be my personal representative on the Jedi Council. Anakin, I am on your side. I didn't want to put you in this situation. What situation? The Council wants you to report on all the Chancellor's dealings. They want to know what he's up to. Mm. He's so clearly divided between two sides, yeah. and they both so desperately want him, but not necessarily for virtuous reasons. They both want him to to be utilized. Exactly, but only one of them makes him feel like that. Right. Good point. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is. Palpatine, uh, like, later, in, like, not in this 20, but he literally says, I beg of you, like, just use my power, use my knowledge, um, and... Even in this one, like Anakin, you've proven yourself time and time again to be one of, if not like the most powerful Jedi. And so he's just stroking his ego and he's telling him all the things that not only does he like hearing, but also kind of needs to hear. Well, and especially when you have someone like Mace Windu who's literally sitting back in his chair and says, But we do not grant you the rank of master. Well, to the point where Obi Wan privately says to, to Mace Windu, Like, why are you being so withholding of affection to Anakin? Is he not the chosen one? Like, do we really need to be so Mm. weird and reserved about Anakin? Like, he's clearly feeling very uh, dejected by the council, and I don't see the value in that. Exactly. It's very kind of Obi-Wan to have those those awarenesses of Anakin's feelings. Well, he does, and it's a shame because it's instances like those that really push Anakin the other way. And... (laughs) if Mace Windu could show just a little bit more love and be a little less take a seat, young Skywalker, uh, which definitely gotta be the name of the 20. I like it, Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, like, he's clearly surprised and obviously embarrassed and he acts in, like, totally the wrong way. Like, what does he say specifically? Um, How can you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. How can you be on the council and not be a master? Take a seat, young Skywalker. Yeah, it's kind of fair. And they give him the shittiest non-explanation ever. Okay, but my other question for you, is it offensive to not grant him master while allowing him to sit on the council? Or is it a great honor to let him sit on the council before he's a master? It's interesting because the way that they go about it is where the problem lies. Right. They could have framed it better. Yeah, exactly. The way you just framed it, is a really good point. Yeah. Yes, Anakin, we grant you, although we are reluctant because of um, potential you know, un- distrust between Palpatine and how he We've hasn't given up his, right. his reign for an awful long time. So we're a little weary of him, but we grant you the position on the council uh, out of merit uh, because of your uh, age and such and such um like there's two ways of looking at it this has never happened before or this has never happened before exactly like this is something where it's like you can tell him but like that you're building to it and obi-wan alludes to it after like it won't be long before you're made a master but anakin hears that from obi-wan the one person in his corner everybody else is just like yeah we're super against this and we'll do like you're not a master you can sit here because literally the most powerful person in the galaxy told us you could but that's it right no one fucking feels wanted in that scenario. No, not at all. Anakin doesn't have, at this point, the re- the the misgivings about his turn to the dark side, and the the reasons that are like, oh, that seemed awfully quick, Anakin. That doesn't happen in this twenty. <laughs> in this twenty, it's I, I feel he, it's justified based on the way that they're treating him and based on what he has done. Right. Because they don't emphasize to the fullest extent. They try and tease around a little bit, but. Anakin fucking kills it in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, the Jedi get picked off. like, And they're just whittled down to, like, they lose their numbers really quickly over those three, four years. Anakin is one of the most prolific separatist slayers and, I guess, essentially just Jedi generals that they have. He is, he deserves his chosen one title. Yes. And he's just getting thrown shade on. What about what Yoda says to him when he's officially granting him access to the council? When he says, allow this appointment lightly. The council does not. Disturbing is this move by Chancellor Palpatine. I can understand Anakin being kind of upset by that. He actually takes that like a champ. Yeah. And then the other thing Yoda says is, I am really troubled by what your buddy did. And Anakin takes that like a champ too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not hard to see that Anakin is suspicious of Palpatine. Everybody is, but like the phrasing of it and well, the openly, not, I mean Yoda. Yoda, sorry, yes, the openly stating of it, disturbing is this move. Disturbing is a strong word. It's a great word in this instance. It's possibly the best choice. And I, I, I didn't really pick up on that specifically yeah uh, but that makes a lot of sense because it really is and they're trying to to paint the picture and they do a good job in a very political way like he hasn't given up his power this is disturbing because this is the one area that he doesn't really have a fly on the wall in and we were just assigned our most powerful asset To then do recon on us and report to the one person who doesn't have our insider information. It feels self-interested. Oh, it's so self-interested. It's basically just saying, the one group who kind of knows I'm abusing my power, hmm, you know what? I want a secret agent there. And that's the way they're seeing it. They're not seeing it so much as, oh, the Sith Lord is trying to infiltrate the Jedi Council. But they're clearly starting to see, okay, Palpatine is a bit of a corrupt politician. Yes. And Obi-Wan... States that it's pretty early on in the entire damn saga or trilogy. I should say in this instance that Obi-Wan shows his distrust of politicians. And then it cuts to start to revamp again here. Right. But it's very clearly established in this 20 more so than the previous one that there, a lot has happened in, in his particular governance between episodes two and three, Mm -hmm. because everybody's kind of changed their tune about this otherwise heroic politician. Uh, And it happens before this meeting with the council with Yoda and Mace Windu as well, because Obi-Wan gives Anakin a little pep talk at the early part of this 20, and he says, be careful of your friend Palpatine. Mm -hmm. And what exactly is giving Obi-Wan that inclination? Some of those same things. It's the fact that he has not given up power, uh, and also the fact that he feels very comfortable continuing the war, Mm -hmm. that General Grievous is in charge. He doesn't even bat an eye over Dooku's death. Uh, He's he's just... really setting up a bunch of sketchball things that palpatine's doing and palpatine knows this yeah palpatine knows that he's getting to the end not just of his time um to take over and and end the war and ultimately kind of build his empire but it was also kind of to the point where he couldn't have ran it much longer Mm -hmm. his scheme literally catches up with him because anakin figures it out does he allow anakin to figure it out yes had he not allowed Anakin to figure it out, and he had just decided, you know what, I'm going to play this for another six months or so, let Grievous like, kind of destroy the galaxy, make things just a little bit shittier, yep. potentially in that six months, he would have been found out. Right. Who knows? Right. And so he was, like, he pushes it to the furthest extreme of he really has lost trust in all, from a lot of people, but the people who are still buying into him, uh, kind of like a George Bush scenario of... We're not switching leaders in the middle of a damn war. Right. And this guy's gotten us through the war, even though he was playing both sides. And well, so many people just fall into that. even more relevant and topical example is once you whittle down all the people, all the the logically minded people oh, around who, you who objectively could decide mm-hmm. that, of course, you're corrupt, you still have a base that will never be moved. Exactly. And there's something interesting. I, I, was, I think it was the Force Center podcast I was listening to and someone described the original trilogy and it's really really interesting because when you think of and i'm i'm sorry not the original trilogy the prequel trilogy i'm and i'm building off of what they said they said the prequel trilogy um or well, i guess i'll just kind of summarize it all but the, the prequel trilogy really is about the emperor trying to kill luke and leia's mother yes and the original trilogy is about the emperor trying to kill luke and leia's father <laughs> to replace him with luke Yeah. It's kind of interesting in that way. It is. Padme needs to get out of the way to create Darth Vader. Right. Darth Vader needs to get out of the way to create Luke Skywalker or the Luke Skywalker the Emperor wants. Yes. Ultimately, that doesn't happen. And Anakin defeats the Sith and ultimately brings balance to the Force. But that first trilogy, starting in episode one, the main point is, oh, there's this senator whose planet's under attack because... This other member of the government, sorry, this queen whose planet's under attack because the senator is feeding the information to the other side. The entire thing, every damn movie, he's just trying to kill Padme. Mm -hmm. Just to turn Anakin. Even before he's trying to turn Anakin. Okay, with that in mind, I heard a fan theory I'm sure you're familiar with and I want to know your, your thoughts on it. Are you a believer in this idea that actually Anakin was to die on Mustafar and Padme should not have died of a broken heart, but that Palpatine transferred her life to Anakin? Uh, yeah, some people think that. It's a cool idea. It's a cool theory. I've uh, definitely heard that one before, and I definitely think it's one that can make sense. Uh, some people believe that Anakin accidentally killed her and took her life, and took the life out of her. He sucked it out of her when he was about to die. Yeah. Oh, that's better, actually. Yeah, that it, was, it wasn't even necessarily Palpatine, but that... He was just like his kind of passion for her and his anger and his rage. And in doing so, uh, just his rage about her sucked the living force out of her. Now, when he has these nightmares where... Padme's about to die in childbirth. Is that him actually seeing the future, or is that a preventable future he's seeing, or is that just the dark side tormenting him and it might not be real at all? He, he sees premonitions. That is, Anakin has the ability to. It's part of his of his Force sets. Right, but those nightmares make him crazy and drive him to create the the premonition. Some people believe that they're incepted by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that you can go on, uh, and kind of based on your other the Palpatine one, when Ana- when he does reach down. To to Anakin. Some people believe that's the the element of him transferring Padme's life to Anakin. Yeah, uh, Because when he reaches down to the corpse on Mustafar or what should have been a corpse. Right. So yeah, that's one of those things that really could be a Palpatine inception. uh, But it is him seeing the future. He can. uh, It is a preventable future. There's a lot of things they do in Clone Wars with Mortis uh, and the Force kind of showing Anakin the future that he has in store for him that is to a degree unpreventable. uh, And... Maybe Padme dies in childbirth either way. Maybe it's one of those instances where you see the future and by seeing the future, your actions of seeing the future and trying to prevent it are the actions that create the ultimate future that you saw. Right. So in theory, his attempts of saving her is what he is seeing in those visions. Wow. We're getting very close to Star Wars being a time travel story and that is not a place you want to go because it's just scary. It is scary, but there are elements of... Time travel that have touched Star Wars, and when it comes to uh, when it comes to Rebels, absolutely. I understand, but it's really risky. It's risky for sure. It's a slippery slope. Okay, let's talk about the baby. I think it could happen in Episode Nine a little bit. With uh, you think? I not necessarily time travel, but bringing in more of these Force visions and right. Force kind of parallels and sidewayses. Yes, um, that could be adjusted based on actions. That's very vague. Let's talk about the baby. <laughs> When she announces to Anakin that she is pregnant, something wonderful has happened. I found it very uh, deliberate that they chose. And it's interesting. I'm noticing John Williams a lot more in these last couple of movies than I had been for the first five movies or whatever. There was a very deliberate minor song playing. Like The scoring was very ominous as Anakin was taking it in. Annie, I'm pregnant. that's one that's wonderful and then when he was like it's good this is the happiest day of my life then the music got better yeah I, i think they play like across the stars which is the uh maybe but it feels dark and it's a it's interesting because like I didn't notice that at all. It, it it feels dark because like obviously she's referring to this thing that we've been leading up to for all of the prequels thus far. Absolutely, there comes Luke and Leia. Loved the buns, the hair buns. Yeah, um, but it's interesting because like I'm not convinced that Anakin is is excited about it. He's taken aback. He's scared. Yeah, I think that's what it is. He's scared because he's gonna get found out. I don't know. I think partly he's. He's game to... T- I think at this point, he's he doesn't care about that. He okay. cares more about Padme than he cares about the Jedi Order. Right. And he will leave the Jedi Order. He just knows she never would. And they have their conversations in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the... And the conversations they have later that night. Like, they're really... Like, he will do anything for her. I don't see it so much as worried about being kind of found out and kicked out of the council. But She's worried about it. She's worried about it. And he, I think he's more worried for her yeah. than he is about himself. She says something about not being able to stay on the Senate anymore. Like a, a, a mom's not allowed to be on the Senate? No, no, no. But what they would have done would be... They, what they would their relationship would be seen as very taboo. Yeah. And also because they kept it a secret, that 100% yeah, that's true. is not she, fair play. When you're, can't a, be when you're a senator who, like a high-ranking military official, and that person does like missions for you. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, trivia? I guess, yeah. I found it pretty hard to kind of pull some trivia, but uh, I think you'll be able to pull this off. Uh, Padawan question for you. Which Jedi Master is only present via hologram during their council meeting? Oh, damn. Um, I'm not sure why, although it does kind of make you wonder, like, where's this guy that he just had to tap in? Is it Kaede Mundi? It is Kaede Mundi. Yeah. What, what do you know about that guy? Uh, a lot, yeah. actually. Uh, he's the only Jedi who's married. And why is that has allowed? a lot? Of, I just figured I'd bring that up because of what we were just talking yeah. about. Uh, because his planet, I forget what his planet is, but uh, uh, females, or no, males. Males are extremely rare. Like the population like ninety five percent women. Oh, and so because he's a man, he's allowed to have multiple wives, and he's forced to procreate to make sure that his species can survive. But he doesn't have a wife. Or he, he, has- he has a main wife, okay. and he has like he has multiple wives. He's a because he has to big love. Yeah, it's the <laughs> wow. like he has to procreate in order for his species. Like the men need to be prolific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a powerful dude. Yeah, he has to have a lot of Jedi sex across the galaxy. How would he not be a son of a bitch? Being both a Jedi master on the council and a a Mormon? <laughs> like, <laughs> he just has too much influence and too too there's a big power dynamic there. <laughs> Maybe he's offset by this giant ugly head. Uh, With that well, in mind, in why would head... they want to extend his I his species? It... He's got a, such a ridiculous head that is obviously not... Well, that's a little mean. Evolutionarily I, ideal. I actually believe that it's either another heart or another brain that's in there. So oh. it's extremely beneficial, the extra space in his chrome dome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's for another vital organ. It's interesting, though. He's allowed to be on the Jedi Council when his species so specifically requires him to have... Uh, romantic partner. It was was just a special requirement made by the council, and the council, I don't know when he joined the council, but it is also potentially implying that if he joined the council 100 years back, maybe, that it was a more reasonable council, who understood that it was a less rigid system, and that you don't need to have such ridiculous rules that everybody needs to fit into. Clinging to the texts. Yeah. But at the same time, attachment was forbidden, and his attachment, to a degree, It's not recommended, and it's not like he sees his family a whole lot. He spends his time at the council. Um, Well, he was probably at home with the kids in this particular twenty. It might have been, or he was more likely on because this is the is this the twenty where it's um, the droid attack on the Wookiees. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Right. Yeah. Um, So maybe he's on Kashyyyk. saying, like, Yoda, come on, let's go, let's go to Kashyyyk, man. Uh, maybe, or maybe it, he's on... Um, I don't think he's on Kashyyyk, because they make it seem like Yoda's got to go to Kashyyyk he, to check on things. Exactly, but maybe he's on the snow planet, which I don't know which planet that was, uh, but the snow planet that he gets killed on at the end of the movie. What exactly are the Wookiees doing in this 20? Like, what what do we need to worry about them? Is that just a forced fan service thing to have Wookiees in this 20 at all? Uh, no, so George Lucas wanted to have... I I think it was seven or nine. He wanted to have a massive, like, you know how Return of the Jedi has very clearly the three, like, wars going on? Yes. He wanted to have, like, a seven or nine war, like, sequence at the end of this movie. He wanted it to be insane. That's fine. Like, really big wars. So he wanted one that was going to be a Wookiee one. And, like, he wanted to have a handful of these. And he decided to keep the Wookiee one in uh, because it's visually spectacular. Well, and everybody loves the Wookiees. That's how Return of the Jedi was supposed to go. Exactly. Return of the Jedi was supposed to have Wookiees as opposed to the Ewoks. Um, But it's also interesting because this is a really powerful species, and I don't know what had been kind of already created about the Wookiees in Legends and kind of to build out that lore. But it's interesting to see how pushed on their heels they were in this instance, whereas the Separatists really just... Palpatine just fucks shit up for that entire race. Yeah. He enslaves Wookiees all throughout the Empire. They're one of the most oppressed. Um, That's where Chewie is in Solo. Exactly. Like They're one of the most oppressed species in the galaxy. Okay. Uh, and the Palpatine uh, has like an extra special hate for them or something. You got a Padawan question for me. Padawan question. Um, what planet does General Grievous go to hide out on? Oh, shoot. I don't know. Utapau. Utapau. I find that so many of these obscure planets that we don't actually visually see in Star we Wars. See, we see Utapau. Do we? Okay. Well, we, it's now, the one that Obi-Wan goes to and has to ride the dragon on. Right. And the people from there have like the tall white faces with the lines on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. What does Obi-Wan lovingly call Anakin as they discuss his heroism? Lovingly uh, and mockingly. In that scene where he's like, go oh, talk to yeah. the talk to the... I'm going to know it when I hear it. I I don't know. Poster boy. Are you coming, Master? Oh, no, I'm not brave enough for politics. I have to report to the council. Besides, someone needs to be the poster boy. That's nice. You can be today's poster boy or something like that. Yeah, that's right. That sounds right. Okay, Master, question for you. Where does Padme suggest she could safely have the baby? Oh, uh, back in Naboo, uh, where it could look out over the garden. Yep. It's kind of a trick question because you expect her to say something obscure like Star Wars. You expect like to have to like put on the subtitles to see what planet she mentions. No. But she just says, in the lake country by the garden, which yeah. is such an Earth-sounding thing. Oh, I know. It's so vague, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually had a, I was able to rack up some questions, some real legendary questions okay. here. Uh, I've got a couple here that I'm going to throw down for you. Sure. Where were Anakin and... Op- yeah, this is one that's like, if you know all of expanded canon, everybody knows this one. Yeah. But... I don't if you do but if you don't good luck guessing (laughs) there is a hint you have a better chance of guessing this now than you would have a year ago okay where were Anakin and Obi-Wan where Padme thought they may have died essentially where did they come from as they start oh maybe maybe someplace in in Solo I don't know Mandalore Mandalore, someplace in Solo, no. right? Mandalore no. is Mandalore, right, Mandalorian. Right, right, right. Uh, I was trying to think about like what came from the news. Yeah, so they specifically said seizures in the Outer Rim. Uh, and so seizures in the Outer Rim, I know, is directly relating to the Siege of Mandalore, which is a plot that was uh, not aired as part of the Clone Wars arc. It's okay. supposed to be one of the last uh, plot lines uh, that would feed directly in. Anakin would get called away uh, to go rescue Palpatine uh, as they're defending Mandalore. Uh, on an attack and so Ahsoka uh, ultimately teams up again with Anakin Uh, she stays on Mandalore while Obi-Wan and Anakin go off to rescue Palpatine Uh, but that's what they're doing right there and so there's a we're likely to see that arc that's good in this like September or October whenever Disney plus comes out Oh great! Yeah, so I'm really excited about That's that. That's cool to hear because Padme they, referring to Mandalore because like it's hard to imagine those two things even exist in the same franchise. Exactly, and because like very specifically the um, the preview that we have for um, the Clone Wars shows Obi Wan and Anakin and they're walking into a room. It's the same room that Obi Wan and Anakin are having their discussion in um, in this twenty, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a soak up on the monitor on Mandalore. So it clearly takes place like a couple days before Revenge of the Sith. Oh, cool! Yeah, great. Okay, is that uh, it for questions? Uh, yeah. Uh, quotes. You want to talk about quotes? Sure. Some okay quotes in here. Uh, I actually thought you were going to say the name of the episode should be another happy landing. Another happy landing is a good nice, is a good one. That, that was, was my one. temporary title until. Uh, I really like not to, to worry. We're still flying half a ship. Yep, that's another good one uh oh his death is necessary is a necessary loss soon I will have a new apprentice one far younger and more powerful mm. very daunting uh, Anakin's line of uh to obi-wan under the circumstances I'd say the ability to pilot this thing is irrelevant strap yourselves in that is so good <laughs> that's really great and, and I, it's also a he does a badass job I have be careful of your friend Palpatine I think that's really strong it is strong yeah uh worst uh worst quote in the entire thing is a back and forth between Padme and Anakin it was so Beautiful It's only because I'm so in love No, (laughs) no, it's because I'm so in love with you So love has blinded you (laughs) Well, that's not exactly what I meant But it's probably true so love has blinded you? No. Will you frig off? I'm trying to be romantic with you. No, no, no. You. I love the last one. I hate it. I hate the entire encounter, but I like Padme's comment because her, the look on her face is so clearly like, I'm just teasing with you. It's so clear. I don't think so. Like, oh my God. She then reveals to be teasing. She has a smirk on her face as she's saying, so love has blinded you? I don't think so. I think she's like concerned because she's so fragile. No, I don't see that as all. I see that as actually being... Because I I agree the interaction is like ugh. it's awful it's heinous. It's, it's terrible but I think that final line from her is actually pretty funny it's it's reminds me of no you hang up first yeah <laughs> it does but that's why I kind of saw it, thought it was particularly funny because the rest of it was stupid but it was like. No, you hang up first, and then she hangs up. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> she d- she does kind of let him off the hook. She's like, ah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think I thought it was kind of funny. I actually have a couple other uh, some decent lines. Okay. Um, but from Yoda, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Yeah. Actually, everything Yoda says in this 20 is pretty. Good. Everything Yoda says almost always is. Phenomenal. I that. wonder if he has any quotes I would take back. Anything that's cringy. Because he's actually built in with this license to say corny stuff. Yeah. And it's cool because he said it. Yeah. And the way he says it. Right. And like he's a he's a lunatic at the start of Empire. And you realize that he's just been going crazy. Yeah. And so it's like... But not no, that crazy. No. Not that crazy. But that's why it's great. So everything about... Yoda, it, it works because it's Yoda. I have that as actually one of my what won the 20s is anything that Yoda says. And I also included the view from Padme's apartment. Holy. Yeah, that is quite <laughs> the view. Holy yeah, that's shit. They're living large. Great crib. Yeah. yeah. Although I do have to say, Anakin's walk of shame has to be secretive tomorrow. Because You're not kidding. Like, if you guys are sleeping in the same bed... The paparazzi are going to be all over that. Yeah, and you're out in the balcony. (laughs) Like, they better not be able to have a balcony view of another balcony nearby. Got to, got to be careful Well, and they're public figures. I never thought about that. They're really not that secretive. No, they're not. Or just the fact that she's hiding behind a column on the launch pad. There's an episode in The Clone Wars where she literally has his lightsaber on her when they're kidnapped. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they geez. managed to pull it off that she doesn't make it super obvious <laughs> why she has this lightsaber. Because she's clever. Yeah, she is clever. That is one thing I do have to say. Padme does not come across like the overall impact that Padme has on the Star Wars universe is massive. Yep, it is. It's absolutely massive. Yep. And the character is a phenomenal character, and yep. I'm really excited to read the book. But at the same time, Like Anakin, they pick the shittiest parts of this character's life to highlight in these movies. It's neither of their faults. It's just the story of them is told in a very cheesy way. Yeah, and I I, I still think one of the big things that could have helped it would have been attack the clones at a different point. Sure. But there's a lot of things that could have helped that in terms of execution and small capacity. Do you have anything else from this 20 you really want to bring up? um obi-wan uh oh no i'm not brave enough for politics i have to report to the council besides someone needs to be their poster boy yeah that is pretty good um i don't have the exact quote uh written down here but i did notice when palpatine was recruiting anakin to be his inside man on the council he called anakin's son mm, and it stood out to me yeah i need your help son because we found out recently that he is Probably the closest thing Anakin has to a father and not just symbolically. But you and I have talked a lot about how he's certainly stepping into the role of father figure for Anakin. And that's really his biggest bargaining chip. Yeah, it's absolutely his biggest bargaining chip. And it's the biggest shame because had Qui-Gon stayed in that role, there's your dream Jedi. Right. Um, One other great one from Yoda is, though, uh, death is a natural part of life. Mm -hmm. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them, do not. Miss them, do not. Attachment leads to jealousy, the shadow of greed that is, yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's ominous it's, and it's yeah, it's almost, a little cynical it's it, yeah it's it's very cynical, but at the same time it's it's almost like what you would expect to hear a a preacher or a priest say, yeah, two other preachers and priests, no 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 like like rejoice, my son, you're yeah. like. They're in a better place. They've risen to like the heavens or I, be one with the force. I understand, sort of. but it's also not realistic to be like, don't feel sad when someone dies. No, I know, but it's it, that is a little bit of a misguided understanding of Anakin and that Anakin's not, he's not wise. Anakin's right. incredibly talented, but he's not wise at all. That's his biggest problem. Exactly. Whereas Obi-Wan, you look at him giving into the force in like A New Hope. It just shows that the wisdom that he has, and I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine, which, who knows, we could still see that come to fruition with Luke Skywalker, like, kicking ass in Episode Nine, Right. More po- more powerful? Really? You sat on a log. Yeah, I don't know. Yoda at he's... least made lightning come down in Last Jedi. You're right. And I don't know if Luke's really capable of kicking ass anymore either. No, my point was that Obi-Wan let himself go into the kind of the Force. And I felt that this line kind of linked well with that. But on kind of that extending point, I think that they have a wonderful opportunity to make Luke have Force powers as one with the Force yeah, like we've never seen before. Well, maybe that was the value in showing that Yoda can still do shit when he's passed. Because I think this is like your opportunity that it works more with Luke Skywalker to be a pacifist and have abilities that are more than swinging a found a fucking laser sword right right um but yeah i think that's it on the on the quotes okay uh, okay i just have a few kind of take backs here um everything with a separatist droid in it okay the separatist droids were really really awful in this 20 the bumbling battle droids oh yeah it's very phantom menace um well in particular in the first part when we're still battling with Gen- general grievous yeah and like the window blows out and oh, i no. Yeah, and he flies out into space. Like, I understand that General Grievous is not all organic. Mm. But, like, how come when we're exposed to outer space, the Jedi's heads don't explode? I'm not going to try and answer that one. I mean, we can enter into Leia Poppins' territory if we try and discuss that. (laughs) That's why I don't want to enter that one. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's a whole other can of worms. Um, I have decided for sure that I do not like General Grievous. And he's very goofy in a bad way. Yeah, he is goofy in a bad way. I don't like Grievous either. Uh, But I also have to say... Padmé's pajamas are so ridiculous. <laughs> are they really? Well, they I mean, have that's like no the... different from everything else she wears. No, but like you're trying to sleep in these things, and she has like these metal beads and like <laughs> it's like trying to sleep in a bunch of ball bearings. It yes. would be horribly uncomfortable. And she's just she's woken up so easily by Anakin waking up. So clearly, she's not a heavy sleeper with this stuff. Well, I wouldn't think she's also just a senator. Like she's not the queen anymore. Why does she need to wear all these weird? like get ups when she's obviously alone (laughs) well that is Naboo ritual they do have very um... nobody needs to know she's not on her planet no that's true that's a good point Uh, if I were to go to another planet and they wore stuff different from Earth I wouldn't be like I have to wear Captain America t-shirts here (laughs) I have to wear skinny jeans and (laughs) blundstones it's what they do on my planet (laughs) It's not going to work. <laughs> well, I mean, so many of the outfits in Star Wars, I mean, like the Naboo clothes, I believe, are based off of Mongolian royalty. Okay. Like, so the, go- the outfits and the get-ups that she wore right. are based off of, like, thousand-year-old Mongolian tradition Emperors. Or yeah. yeah, and so, like, it, it all comes back. George bases something on history. And I guess. makes his weird changes. I just think that there could be, like, regular everyday clothes and not just the Sunday best all the time. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair, and that's why everybody loves the original trilogy, because it's the lived-in galaxy. Right. Whereas the prequels is so... Uh, stiff. Yeah. Yeah. Stiff is a great way of describing it, actually, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I guess uh, that kind of... Oh, one, one, two other quick little things I want to talk about. Here. Do you think Palpatine potentially saved his life, and that Anakin didn't land that ship as softly? Great question because let's face it as good of a pilot as he is they all should have blown the hell up yeah that's a good question he's but, powerful enough and he's sitting back that's another can of worms though if we start to wonder exactly how much puppet mastering palpatine is doing over this whole saga you can mm. you can unravel the whole trilogy it's true cuz there's this it happened in the like the force unleashed game and it became one of those kind of jump the shark moments in terms of force abilities when yep. star killer brings a star destroyer out of the sky yeah and it's one of those moments of like, okay, well, that's just a Jedi ability that's ridiculous. Luke Skywalker, the most powerful Jedi ever, would never have been come close to being able to do that. Right. So when you think about it, could the Emperor have potentially helped ease the landing of something that's about the third of the size of a Star Destroyer? I think he could. I think he could. Yeah. I think it could be reasonable. Yep. And so even if Anakin's a good pilot, I think still should have blown the hell up. Definitely so it's a good one it was something i just i, I kind of just thought into my mind and i also have to say after as reading bloodline and recently reading leia princess of alderaan it was so damn cool to watch the quick little 15 second conversation between bail organa and anakin skywalker oh yeah the two fathers of leia oh yeah that was so cool i that's, never thought that's what about all it. of bloodlines about yeah is about how she has this father that she disperses despises everything about him Mm -hmm. and this father that she loves so so much right one who ultimately was partly responsible and was standing right behind her while the one she loved was murdered yep and it's just like it's constant battle and that's mainly the main point of bloodline is what it does to her political career when that comes out wow that's a cool concept it's a phenomenal book i've loved it i'm almost done about an hour and a half left yeah uh and seeing that quick little scene while reading that book it added a lot nice. it was super cool nice okay let's get to the news yeah there's lots of stuff okay uh, i'm sure let's uh kind of get into uh, let's do the tv stuff sure uh so we will this is kind of a tv-ish it's more of a disney plus thing so bob Iger has stated that they will not be making movies for the Disney Plus streaming service. Yeah, so no, like, uh, to all the Bo- boys I've loved before, but for Star Wars on Disney Plus. <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, th- what they're saying is, if they're going to be doing a movie, they're going to be doing a Star Wars big budget movie. If Great. they're doing a big budget Star Wars movie, those things make too much money to be going on Disney Plus. It's kind of a given. I never wondered if they were going to do this. It is. and it, it, But he just essentially just reaffirmed that those stories that, to be told in that environment, can be done in limited series Television style formats. Like, if you want to be able to tell a lower budget movie, make it a hundred million dollars, like the Mandalorian, but make it over eight episodes as opposed to trying to cram it in two and a half hours. Right. So essentially, if you're gonna, if you want a smaller budget, you're gonna be given even more creative freedom if you're working for Star Wars. Cool. That's kind of interesting. (laughs) That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. No, it's it's kind of an encouraging little piece. Um, but at the same time, I I'm still curious as to what their movie schedules are gonna start to be because we know nothing other than episode 9 i know so that's good that's fine nah, maybe, it's, maybe, maybe i'd a like to hear in it's star Wars celebration that a, a little bit something about the dan and dave trilogy or series of movies is that april uh yeah when celebration is yeah okay cool um uh, the cassian show so it's beginning production october 2019 uh, so I think we should just keep calling it the Cassian Show, like the Cassian Show, yeah, like like as a talk show. Yeah, like the the Cassian Andor Show, <laughs> <Yes>. starring <laughs> tonight's guests are K Two S O, and of course your host band, oh, uh, Figuran Dan and the the Fogel Modes. Yeah, that's it. The Mobile, uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah so we'll be getting The Mandalorian and Clone Wars before the end of 2019 on Disney Plus and Cassian will begin filming before the end of 2019 so, so that that's one's encouraging a, it's a ways off though yeah but it's gonna be a ways off so they're gonna kind of stagger those and there's potential that The Mandalorian it's been kind of spoken about as a limited series now so maybe they'll only be doing a couple seasons and so maybe they're gonna kind of plan it along like that I'm mm-hmm. really curious to see uh, they've also said similar things about like the Loki one and Scarlet Witch and let's face it if you got a guy like Tom Hiddleston I'm, I'm doting he's committing to more than like a one season thing or more than a couple maybe but like TV and, and movies and the cachet of each are kind of arbitrary now they are a lot of big movie stars commit money. to I guess you get so. a lot more money for doing movies I don't and know and a guy like about him that. he's uh, I, I, that's a good point it yeah. depends on how long of a running gig it is depending on how much you want to try different projects and who knows what the kind of person it is and bigger stars have taken tv shows well and he's not making a ton of money being like 11th banana in the avengers movies no no that's true that's definitely true um and he, yeah he's a coveted actor though so uh extended canon uh, or no let's go to the episode nine stuff Um, So cast cast gifts. So this is kind of interesting. So some cast gifts were given out just a little bit of episode nine swag with Trixie on it. So no title was revealed. Uh, But particularly one guy gave uh, his his cast gifts and a couple other things that he collected uh, to like his brother-in-law for Christmas. Um, And so he gave him two jars, two little vials, glass vials. One's filled with sand. From a sacred desert planet. Cool. So either Tatooine, sacred to us as fans. Jakku, sacred to the Emperor Rey, Or Jeddah, sacred to the Jedi as a whole. Mm-hmm. So it really could be any of those three. Uh, that doesn't really point any directions any closer for us. Why did this get out there? Like, who got this wonderful gift for Christmas and then decided to sell it to the Hollywood Reporter? No, no, no. It was Reddit. And it was really... This is all... Like, it's not much. Okay. The only leaks are is the two jars. All right. And it's that one has sand in it, and the other one has beans. Mm-hmm. And these are called, uh, they're, they're beans from a Jedi eater. That's, okay. That's all we know. All right. So that's kind of this weird, obscure description, whatever the hell that is. Uh, but that's kind of cool. It is. Uh, Also, the title rumors, because although we don't have a title. Which is crazy, are, by the way. I know. There are a lot of rumors going out there. Uh, some that have been kind of scoured the Force Awakens to figure out if a line there could have made sense. Some people just based off of like guesswork that they're doing. Some things are probably just totally made up, and then some people thought it sounded good and started saying it was the title. So some of these are total bullshit. Some of these are speculation. Uh, it's just kind of some some fun thoughts. Uh, but one that I really 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 liked that stood out to me was Ashes of the Empire. I like it i like it a lot i like it a lot it was one that was uh, there was um echoes of the empire was proposed for uh episode seven yep which would have worked yeah and some people think that ashes of the empire doesn't really make sense for an episode nine because that would make sense for like an episode seven but i still still think it absolutely works if you're tying in Vader or palpatine at all well especially since kylo ren is trying to rise from the ashes of the empire yeah and where does he keep vader's helmet in, oh, yeah. That's right. In a pile of ashes. In an ashtray. Yeah. It's like the, the perfect title. I my like opinion. it a I lot. I love it. And yeah. it's one of those rare, rare things where a fan title I absolutely love. Big time. Um, because so many of them are like, rise of a new order. Yeah. Or like. Just meaningless. Yeah. Trying try to sound like a Star Wars Legends title. novel titles. Yes. Uh, although I do have to say, I went through a few Legends novel titles today just because I stumbled across one that I saw. And there are some seriously awful, oh, awful, yeah. oh, awful yeah. Legends titles. Right. Like, I, I recommend look up a couple. Because there are some that, they're not, like, generic. They're, like, they're ridiculous. It's I like mean, they hit, like, right-click synonyms to try and create <laughs> a new title. Yeah. They, tried, really they went bad. to, like, a Star Wars name generator website. Also, uh, Ashes have been seen transported to and from the Episode nine. Oh, okay. So. so. All right. There's potential. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, extended canon, the uh, Obi-Wan uh, comic came out as part of that uh, Age of the Republic series. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I read some of the summaries on that. It seemed like a really interesting one. Uh, it kind of showed kind of a key point uh, in uh, between Obi-Wan and Anakin and their relationship and building trust between one another. Uh, it showed how Anakin was kind of isolated as a Jedi Padawan because he's, of course, the chosen one, the big shot. Um, but he's made to feel a little different by that. Just essentially making it, making Anakin's upbringing seem a little harder, making him a little bit more misunderstood by Obi-Wan, reasonable misunderstandings from Obi-Wan, but also things that kind of aid in Anakin's isolation and, and reasons for feeling different. Yeah. So that's kind of good. Uh, there's also one point where um, Anakin messes up in a mission and Obi-Wan uses it as a learning opportunity. And at the end, they. Anakin kind of defends his point by being say, I need to be like, I need to be engaged in the emissions that you're doing and what's going on because if we ever need to save each other, I need to, we need to be like simpatico. Yeah. And I, I find it kind of interesting as one of those points where they kind of like agree like we need to know what's going on in the other's mind and what's going on. And they definitely didn't stick to that. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> but they did for a while. They set out for it. Yeah. They yeah. set out for it. That's cool. It, 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 from what I've gathered, it's a, a good building block to a relationship that has a decade that we don't know a whole lot about. Right. And Which is a shame. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. There's a lot to explore, but at the same time, it'd be pretty hard to mine it. But it's arguably, like, it's one of the most important relationships in all of Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. It, besides Luke and Vader or Luke and Leia... And maybe Leia and Han. Yeah, it's eh, maybe even, not even that one. Leia and Han is a wonderful one it that we gives just, us Ben, though. Yeah, which uh, is another Skywalker. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I guess. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Obi Wan and Anakin—it's an insanely important rela- right. relationship. And I think the only, I think the best way to, at this point would be probably novel to dive into it. They've done it comics. I think is the only thing that they've explored it with is comics. Right. Uh, and, no, they, it needs yeah, something you, richer than that. And you can't. And I definitely don't want it to be tv or movie or anything like that no so, that's that's too much yeah they won't even i don't think they'll even yeah. consider that me neither um uh Fat fett comic is is the next one i'm not sure if that's been released yet um but I, it's pretty close if not to be released around the corner yep uh and then one other thing i wanted to talk about and this is A really big news story in the star wars community so anyone who's part of who really kind of focuses on star wars online may have heard of the vader fan film that has been really blowing up lately okay i i I don't know a lot about this but i know that you're gonna watch it right after this i'm gonna tell you that okay i i know that it was not monetized on purpose in the effort to not get eviscerated okay so you know about it from the more recent updates right okay so that's an that's more unfortunate one so i've actually star wars theory uh was a youtube channel that i watched from a very very early point uh he only started a couple years back he's canadian he really went on a drastic rise through the youtube ranks and quickly became one of the most popular star wars youtubers out there Mm -hmm. uh mostly because of his production value okay like the videos are excellent he's got a really cool narration voice he really stays up to date with things and he's essentially just one of the best commentators in the star wars world out there uh, i don't know agree with his opinions at all uh some, a lot of his opinions in the last jedi i disagree with um but as an overall he's the kind of person that the star wars community is built on yes you don't have like star wars doesn't become what it is without people like that loving it for 50 years. Great content. Exactly. And all the fan films that George Lucas allowed people to make. So anyway, so he had been considering doing a fan film for a while and he got so much support from the community uh, and obviously a lot of like Last Jedi haters and such rallied behind him, but he wasn't, he's not like a, he's not a, he doesn't promote negative content so right. he he just he had a backing from every side really you're allowed to be critical exactly but he, in the point of like the last jedi people who people who hate the last jedi backed him and then just the general star wars community likes him because he pre- creates good content and so he understands vader's i believe vader and anakin i think are his favorite characters and so he wanted to do a vader fan film specifically focusing on vader and padme's uh relationship and the impact on vader post revenge of the sith mm-hmm. um and so he did some casting and wow. he decided to that he would do that he would really wanted to go into this and pursue it and put some money into it uh he got a phenomenal like outrageous voice actor for vader okay the guy who does vader's movements is incredible wow. both of these people the voice actor should get video game work tomorrow right and the individual who did his movements could do the mocap work for those video games because they don't need multiple people doing wear invader suits but my point is they were incredible right but if he generates any revenue from this he is in legal trouble exactly and so he contacted lucasfilm and said am i able to try, like, try and make my money back because it's a fan film these things are like definitely they're not cheap even, he had a hundred. He he made his fifteen-minute fan film for a hundred thousand dollars, which oh, okay is incredible. Yeah, considering the production value that he was able to get out of it. But still, who has a hundred thousand dollars for a hobby? Exactly. Yeah, and so he just was trying to recoup his money, but they said no. But this is what he does for a living: is entertain the Star Wars, entertain Star Wars fans. Yeah, and so he decided to do it. And so, so, he, so his idea was, look, I'm actually really good for your company. I help you guys. Can't you give me a break on this one? Exactly. Yeah. And they, they said no, and he, was, he said, okay, that's fine. Okay. I'll find ways. And he was able to get the money. He was able to get a lot of, like, pro bono work. Um, People who love Star Wars, who are in the industry, who have tons of experience, like, helped them out in different ways. He hired a director. He flew out to L.A. and spent, like, several weeks out there. They hired, like, set space. Like, It he really went all out, and it is the best Star Wars fan film in history. Yeah, it's not even close. Right? Uh, Is it perfect? Not even close. Sure. Is there some set things that are like like look super low budget? Sure. Are there a couple things with dialogue that are a little bit cheesy? Yeah. Well, that's fine. I want that. Yeah, but even some of the delivery stuff is, is weak. But at the same time, the person that they cast for Padme really solid. Okay. The person that they cast for the Emperor fucking incredible unreal the guy was awesome yeah like really hats off to the guy um and he did a little i remember as star wars theory was kind of casting these people he did like 30 second promos as to who they were and this guy like showed the t-shirt that he got from the 1977 premiere of star wars Cool. so it was cool to see like also star wars fans working on this right and so everything about this is great it's getting millions and millions of views on youtube not only is it Definitely with Dote, the best fan film ever, and really an excellent little Star Wars story. Right. Really an excellent building block for the kind of thing that, like, really gives you a deep dive into the mind of Vader and the relationship he has with Palpatine. And there's a couple shots that are, like, absolutely stunning shots. Yeah. Like, actual, like, cinematography, great shots. Like, you can see that professionals worked on it for sure. Uh, But the kicker that really kind of brought the news out to you was recently. He hired a composer on top of all of that. And the composer, please, as per everything in Star Wars, this is John Williams' music. Use this as your inspiration to create music for this. Right. And Disney and I believe, I forget what the other claimant was, but it was not Lucasfilm. But Disney specifically and another claimant claimed the rights to the music, saying that sampling was used and that the entire property is now owned by Disney and the rights. They it. own his movie? They own the rights to make money off of it. Oh, okay. Because uh, the thing that allowed no one to make money off of it, he voided by the guy doing a job that ultimately was so good that it sounded too much like John Williams. But isn't aren't there um, sampling... I don't know aren't how aren't there sampling rules that allow you to get away sure, with that? Sure, I'm sure there are. I don't know the specifics because I'm not like that, that's not my expertise area, and I didn't look too deep into it. Uh, I watched Star Wars Theory's reaction video to it. His response um, is he heartbroken. He's he was very heartbroken. Yeah, it he was it was like this is the kind of thing I don't want to make at all. This is like he was he was he felt terrible at having to make it, but like he had to share with his fan base. This is a bit of a dagger, guys. This kind of sucks. So Wait a second. Are they now going to make a bunch of money and like be happy that he made it? Is that no. the idea? No, they won't make any money off of it. They may make a little bit of money. They'll be able to make. The, they they have the ability now to tell YouTube to put ads on the video. Yeah, and they I have see. the money to make. They have the ability to make the money off that too. Right, right. So things like that, not much. Uh, but the point is, that's a huge slap in the face. He's still going to make part two, so he's going to make the next episode. Um, so the 15 minutes, the the goal is that in theory, he'll be making like eight of them or seven of them and he'll have a movie created out of that. Right. Um, that probably will have close to a budget of a million dollars. But, but like, do you know how many, it's interesting, this is Disney too, because do you know how many like animation students at friggin Yeah. Uh, Juilliard or like wherever like some of the great art schools in North America make their final short film mm-hmm. in the in the animated uh, artistic style of Disney characters and those people get jobs at Disney with mm-hmm. those films yep. like that's what this guy deserves yeah he absolutely fucking does he absolutely deserves to be... A consultant on a Star Wars movie. Well... But that's going to change his career well, as a... Even not even still within that same vein. It's like Star Wars is massive. Yeah. There are so many different avenues in which you can throw this guy a bone who is helping the Star Wars community. Right. Either, yeah, let you recoup your money. Or, no, you're not allowed to do that. Okay, that's totally fine. Tweet the... Vi- t- Tweet the video. Don't be like, oh, yeah, we know about this thing. Let's monitor it in the pipeline and screw them at the perfect time. Right. Just be like George Lucas allowed people to do these things. Yes. He allowed legends to exist because it didn't impact his storytelling. It enriched the universe for the fans. The fans built that universe out. And there are a lot of things Disney's done that people have criticized them for and people have felt entitled about. And in my opinion, Disney paid their $4 billion dollars. And let's face it, it's their fucking property. This, I'm not okay with. Doesn't feel right. This is dirty. This is not what Star Wars is about. It's big businessy. It's it's not fair. Yeah, there they didn't earn the ability to take that away from him. Yeah, they bought bought Star Wars, and Star Wars has always been this. Yeah, don't buy Star Wars and take this part away. Right. That right there is how you get the fans to turn on you. That's right. I love Disney. Because they own Lucasfilm, and let's face it, I love everything Lucasfilm. Yeah. But this is dirty. Yeah. Yeah, it's a flex. You know what it is, is it's tone deaf. (laughs) Yeah. It's not understanding what they have. Oh my God. But Disney's starting to show more and more how tone deaf they really are. Clearly. And they're keeping Kathleen Kennedy on longer. That's great. But get her the hell out of the creative role. Yeah. And although I will have to say this is kind of the last piece of news that uh, we kind of have on the docket and fits really well into this. We do have one bit of news that gives us hope that there has been underlying story threads that have existed throughout this entire sequel trilogy. Okay. Uh, Adam Driver gave the interview recently stating that he knew uh, part of the arc of Kylo Ren for Episode Nine. I have no doubts. So that's great, but that means that there is... Like, we can look into everything that Adam Driver's done these last two movies and not have to be, oh, are we looking too deep into this? This is Adam Driver. If he knew what was going on in two movies down the road, he put that into his performance. It's enriched his performance for sure. Absolutely. And so that's really encouraging to see. And if they had that thought in mind for him, then there's likely certain elements that J.J. will get to finish up that he started as well. I love it. And I think it's going to be... It's, it's very encouraging in my books because... How do you have an end to one character and none of the other ones? Absolutely. So want to wish a couple of happy birthdays. Uh, this past Monday uh, was happy birthday to Lawrence Kasdan. Oh, awesome, Larry Kasdan. That's right. And today, Thursday, the day this comes out, uh, January 17th, a happy birthday to Kelly Marie Tran, nice. who shares a birthday with a very cool Star Wars person, James Earl Jones. Nice. Big week in Star Wars birthdays. That is a big week. That so, is... happy Happy birthday to all those folks. Yeah, there's some serious moments there. I mean, the Rose Tico with the fat ears is my favorite moment in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> not the line that Kasdan wrote with Vader. No, no, Rose Tico. Forget with the those guys. Ears. <laughs> it's Rose. I like Kelly Mitranch. She's cool. I like Kelly Mitranch a lot. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Rose, but I'd love it if Rose was a better character in Episode Nine for sure. I think that would be great because don't have one of your main characters be boring. Let's have a great one. Let's face it, Finn sucked in Episode Nine, so. Hopefully we see a turnaround in some of those Resistance members. Just make her worth it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have these characters for a damn reason. We're going to get a huge cast in Episode nine. If you want to be caught up to where we are uh, by next week's podcast, watch the first hour of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. In the meantime, you can send along your thoughts on this week's podcast to at Recorder66 on Twitter, Recorder66podcast at Uh, gmail.com. It's pretty easy to find that fan film on YouTube, obviously oh yes absolutely it's uh, just type in Vader fan film or Star Wars theory or Vader if you typed in Vader it's probably the first thing that would come up just based on relevant recent searches okay uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that as well if you want to tweet that along and uh, of course uh, as always with the podcast rate and review on iTunes and give us as many stars as you can because it it helps us be be found by other Star Wars fans and that would be really cool because like we were talking about the fans are Star Wars exactly Uh, and I look forward to being with you again in the meantime may the force be with you Bye.